Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Life could be miserable, it could be dark, it could only last 44 days for some, but we're here to bring you a bit of joy and a bit of light each and every week. Once again, I'm Bradley and I'm joined by someone who does last more than a couple of months. It's Stu. How you doing, Stu? I'm not too bad. Yeah, no, I, I do compete against lettuces fairly well, which, you know, can't be said of very many. Uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that was an intriguing few days in the in UK politics. And I say when I say intriguing, I mean completely shambolic and a national disgrace. But, you know, it was it was interesting. Yeah, it it's like watching a car crash, but the, the, the car was just full of clouds and it's kind of funny. But then you realise it's still quite devastating what's happening. I know, I know. It's awful, really. But, but I mean, you've got to take some entertainment out of these situations as they are pretty grim. I did, and, see, a, uh, yeah. I did see a headline uh, that summed everything up. And this is not a headline that should be possible. But apparently, yeah. CBBC's Dick and Dom and H from Steps are calling for a general election. <laughs> That's a headline in the UK today. Oh, Jesus. The intelligentsia weighing in at last. Just ridiculous. Uh, what always make what makes me laugh as well is obviously there's the whole, and we'll come to this down the line, maybe not this week, but in a couple of weeks. But obviously Graham Norton has been receiving a lot of abuse for trying to speak a little bit of sense by saying, don't ask me these questions, ask the people who are involved, ask, ask the people who would be considered experts to then be shot down, abused and hounded off of Twitter. Essentially cancelled by the people who claim there's cancel culture that ruins their lives. But anyway, that's for another time. Um, yeah. Just very quickly before we get going. Uh, do you remember a few couple of weeks ago, I told you about our trip to Anfield and the disaster that it was followed by the amazingness that, what, that it was? Yes, indeed. Well, yeah, Edith's now internet paper famous. <laughs> is that a step up from Twitter famous or is that a step down these days? I don't know. I don't know. It's good though, yeah. For a kid, yeah, it's good. It's really good. We, um, I, I got to speak with the Liverpool Echo in the week, and I just really wanted to make sure, sort of like, it was such a lovely story. Not for our point, but just to see like a footballer do that kind of thing and totally sort of again, someone who is like, like well regarded within the team and is a star in women's like in her team in women's football, and to get that, want to see them get recognition because usually again you only hear the negative side when it comes to footballers a lot. So, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, I read that article. It was really good. And, uh, yeah, like, she, unlike the team, really, in general, come across as, like, proper people. Yeah. If you see what I mean. You know, you feel like they're real human beings who they understand their community, their place in the world, their influence, and do something good with it. It's, It's really, really heartwarming. Whenever I read any of that stuff, it's always really good. And the women's game's got you know, so much to be proud of, I'd say, yeah. in this country. Yeah. Well, even recently, like the other day, um, Arsenal and Chelsea women are both involved in the Women's Champions League. And um, Arsenal went to France to beat Lyon 5-1. Now, consider how much of a big deal that is. Lyon are the best women's team in the world, bar none. Um, they are yeah. amazing. They are, you know, the men's equivalent of uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man City, Liverpool, and Arsenal are just like a really good, 
English team, but it always seemed to be there was this massive gap. But they went there 1-5-1, which is amazing for them. And there's loads of footage, again, of the Arsenal players afterwards going up and sort of actually getting personal with the crowd and stuff like that, which is lovely to see. It is still lovely yeah. to see that so many of these players are still so grounded. Yeah. No, it's fabulous. And it, it it's how it should be and hasn't been for such a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's really good. It's good, you know, they're playing the game in the right way. Yeah, totally. I agree. You feel something coming on? Kind of. I feel it in my water. I know. Do you know what else could be played in the right way? What's that? Video games, Shoe. Video games. And what have you been playing? Well, to start off, I've been playing one called uh, Chasm the Rift. Not Chasm. Or, or Chasm, as, as as Brad says. Yeah. David Chasm, yeah. yeah That's yeah, a great yeah. name. Someone like made it. that happen. Yeah, it really should. Yeah, um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was a code very kindly gifted to me by a generous person. Uh, yeah, it was you. It was Brad. Um, and yeah, it's a boomer shooter, self-described. So it's in the in the mold of well, kind of like Doom, but more like build engine games, which for anyone under thirty is going to be a complete kind of boo. But they're kind of uh, like uh, Duke Nukem three D and sin if you if you've heard of that one games like that made in build engine a competitor to id stuff at the time and at the time we're talking like 95 96 97 that sort of era and yeah you kind of you know you go around levels you you shoot stuff it's very uh brown <laughs> you have a lot of shotgun use um you have to find keys unlock doors make your way around the map that way and yeah it's all right it's a bit strange i kind of i'm like i don't know about its history i get the flavor that it might have been a thing back in the day as well Mm. i'm not sure it might have been a lost euro shooter but from what i played of it it it's fine (laughs) um it's really hard to kind of talk about it and and not be mean i don't want to be mean because it's nice enough but it kind of it very deliberately puts you back in that time it's it's not incorporated anything so far at least that you'd expect from a a modern version of those kinds of shooters so yeah it's like i suppose you could say it has a jump button which is fairly unusual for games at that time um you can use that it has been has been useful in a couple of places but in terms of like overall quality it is leagues behind Duke Nukem 3D so and, and, you know that's a game that's 25 years old what it does is very basic and it's solid enough the level design's alright it's not bad at the moment it's it's very kind of all on one level there's no verticality but it, yeah about an hour in it's it's alright it's solid I want to see if it goes somewhere it's got enough p- pieces to put together a decent throwback shooter that doesn't do anything special deliberately doesn't do anything special Um, it's just whether it manages to pull those things together as the game goes on yeah it's when I first saw it it was one I was semi interested in playing but as we've spoke about possibly on air last week or definitely off air is I'm cutting back the amount of games I've been playing or trying to play because I just can't keep up and I'm just not getting to enjoy any. Um, so, but it kind of reminded me a little bit when I when I first saw it of someone's taken a little sprinkling of Doom, a little sprinkling of Duke Nukem, a little sprinkling of Quake, and for some reason, there's a Golden Freeman-esque character in there as well. 
uh, that seems to appear on screen in the trailer, uh, which which is really weird. Uh, it it kind of looks like it's definitely a game that just went the right. These games are popular, so let's do our own, and it looked like it was doing a competent, if not spectacular, job. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm reading the um, about this game notes. It says uh, having its roots in 1997 and developed in Ukraine. Uh, da, 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 da. You feel bad about slagging it off now? Do I feel Stu? awful about slagging it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the first Eastern European boomer shooter ever made. So it does sound as if it, it's just been a revived remaster of of a game from that era, and that would explain a lot, really, because it, yeah, it, it's co- it's very competent. There's no kind of clipping or bugs or breakages, you know, and that sounds like damning with faint praise like when you see a bad actor and you say oh well you know the lighting was great they got all their lines right yeah didn't fall over um but yeah no it's it's fine i think if you if you're into that kind of stuff and you want to take a trip back and you're interested in the history of the fps that's probably yeah where it's it's true value will lie for people anyone coming into it as a new experience might be a little bit perplexed yeah, I mean, what, one thing obviously we, we've been doing a bit more of late, and whether this is because of like the the time we're living in, the cost of living, and stuff like that. Eighteen quid. Yes or no? You know, are you going to find value in that, or is it something you should really be waiting for for a sale? Oh, uh, I think you know, eighteen quid for a game that lo- looks from the text that I've seen to be 25 years old and remastered I I think that's very much too expensive Uh, I I think you'd have to be a niche of a niche of a niche to be confident and happy paying that I think you'd probably be a family member or somebody who's very close to them as a team Um, and again it sounds like I'm being really mean but that's just me that's just the way I speak I'm not trying to be mean when you can get the original Doom as we spoke about on Notepad these days, uh, but also on li- literally every system I think ever released has now got Doom on it, the original Doom. You can yeah. get, you know, th- they're putting out Doom Doom 2, Doom uh, 64 and everything across every, any system they can. You could get all the Quake remasters, even original Quake, stuff like that. The Duke, you, could, you could get all those. It's... The reason I think this possibly isn't well heard of or, or, or well known back in 97 or sort of like after that, I don't know if it got released, but there's a reason for that. Uh, just a straight up remaster isn't going to do it. Now, I'm still curious and I still do fancy giving this a go at some point because you saying it's fine would suggests to me that if there wasn't a Doom or a Quake or a Duke Nukem and this came out, it would just be a genre-defining game. But it suffers from the fact there are three games. It's it's based on, shall we say, that are already out there and do their jobs better than this. Well, yeah, and I would you know, I'd go further as to say, if you played this in 97 and you'd played Doom in 93, was it, or 92, you'd be yeah. like... Something like that. Um, I was skinned there, so let's say I played it in '95. Just let's just cover the bases. Yeah, so you, you pick this up two years after you played Doom. I think you'd still be like, but Doom was much more sophisticated than this, and this is 
two years newer. Um, so even accounting for its age, I think for its time, it's not as it really isn't as sophisticated as the the first person shooters that were coming out then. Not that I've played so far. I can't be definitive on it, but. The point you make on on price is really important as well. It's like, yes, we live in this you know capitalist era where people are being ripped off, and you don't want to rip people off. You want to make sure that they have the right amount of money. But if you've got like eighteen quid in your hand and you've got a Steam account, the amount that you could get for that, you know, is just unbelievable. And in the re- in the real world, you know, Chasm is is competing against games that you could get for a fiver that are a couple of years old that are absolutely yeah. amazing or you could put that 18 quid into a, a subscription to game pass or something and get access to a, a ton of brand new games all over the shop it's really hard to justify that price you can't, i'm just doing the maths now you could get doom original doom i know there is one company trying to rip you off always um you can get original Doom and original Quake uh, for a tenner, pretty much, just over a tenner combined. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can get Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary Edition for 15 quid um, if, if yeah. you wanted to go that route. So, But, you know, you could get two of the all-time greats for less than that. I, I, I think pricing matters when it comes to remasters, re-releases, etc., etc. Um if this had, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they could have done. If could they have modernised it in any way? But then it's not the same game. I don't know. There, you know, there's plenty. As you said, there's plenty you can get and have change left over um, that does the job that this looks like it does. Which is a shame because I say it looks like it runs well. Um, the gameplay looks cool enough that it's one I do still fancy playing. Um, but yeah. I'm thinking humble bundle or something like that. Yeah, and I think that's right because I th- I think that there's the the positive side of this to put the positive spin is that they will have done some market research I'm sure and gone that we we will make more money putting it at a higher price to catch the whales and the people who really really want to play it and then dropping it to five ninety nine quite soon than we would if we priced it at a tenner from the start and then gradually reduced the price. I it will be very deliberate. They'll know that they're after. I don't know, 5,000 sales perhaps at 18. And then, you know, they'll get like, I don't know, another 5,000 sales at £5, maybe more than that, maybe 10,000 sales. And that all have been figured into their planning. So I don't resent them put, you know, putting that price up. Uh, but it does lead to both me and you going, wait for a sale, you know, for these mm. things. Yeah, but that, that again, that's the well. I can't. Whereas you, I, I used to not really care about prices, and I would never really judge a game on its price. We're not judging this based on its price, uh, no, as such. No, not at but all. No, it does matter now more than any time. I think in my lifetime, it matters. Um, it does, yeah. Because trading in's not as easy anymore. Uh, I think also, you know, there's, there's there's places on the high street now as well to be able to get games. I know this isn't a high street based game, but everything's online now as well so it's very difficult to to try a game and take it back so you know everyone has been a lot more careful with their money uh, what i do like actually so one of the bonuses it says it has is you can get the original dos box version as yes, well yes i saw that it gave me um, the option when i fired it up yeah so technically technically this could be playable on an ambedic device or something like that 
Easily, easily, yeah. It's very scalable as well. Uh, so the highest graphic settings are still you know, what you'd consider to be extremely low potato PC stuff, but you can lower them even further. So I, I would imagine it would run on practically anything. Mm, mm. Also, I don't know if that sounded really sort of like, yeah, 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 okay, whatever you say. But it's just because I noticed I was reading <laughs> the game features. Um, and just to let you know where my mind is, the first three words of the game features are blow off monsters. <laughs> now that's a game yeah it is now you see that that I would buy <laughs> yeah for 1800 pounds yeah exactly I'd buy it at a high price uh, but yeah that's Robocop yes nice I'll buy that for a dollar what's that I'll buy it for a higher price that's from something Resident Evil 4 the yes. merchant yeah that's it I'm confusing my uh, my uh, genres there uh, yeah. my mediums yeah, my mediums yeah, pop culture yes yeah. Uh, but yeah okay I'll, I'll it's on my wish list anyway. I think I'll wait for a bundle or when it inevitably drops to three, four, five pounds. That sounds fair to me. Yep. So, moving on, uh, we're getting a good range of games this week. I've I've got a feeling because I've been playing a game called Trifox, um, ah. which is a oh, it's kind of a mascot three D platformer, but it's also a twin stick shooter. Um, Ooh, I'm intrigued. Right, so let me get it. It's all right. Um, it's 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 fine. Okay, <laughs> I think that there's a theme coming up. Um, <laughs> it, it does everything competently. You know, it's got good twin stick shooter mechanics to it. It's got half decent platforming. The problem I've got with it is that it 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 doesn't need both. It should have been one thing or the other, not both. Right. Um, so it's got parts of me that make it think it wanted to be a homage to Crash Bandicoot. Um, then it's got other bits that remind me of... Uh, what's that? Assault Android Cactus. It wanted to be a bit like that as well oh, yeah. um, in Elements. And, it, you know, it does both of those things, not quite as well as either of those games, so to speak. But it's perfectly fine at what it does. And I, I've been enjoying my time with it. Um, you know, you've got different classes of character you could you could have out. So there's like a, a warrior type, a mage, and um, somebody does like the fixing and stuff like that. What are they usually called? Engineer. That's Engineer. Yeah. Um, and then you can basically different abilities you can pick up. You can do your own builds and, and things like that. And it is it's fine. It's fine at what it does visually. It's visually where it actually gets me. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I don't like the character design. But I like the world design. Um, yeah. It feels like it's almost been designed by two different committees, in a way. Yeah. Um, the character designs are cartoonish but gritty. Which doesn't fit with the like the almost Acme style level design, right? Yeah, and it's just kind of really weird. Like it's like maybe this was going to be, um, like it was going to be a darker game, but then they went, ah, oh, let's 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 make this a bit like almost like how Borderlands was originally going to be to what Borderlands became, but they just forgot to sort out the character design. Um, yeah. But I thought it's a very competent game, and I'm you know I'm enjoying my time with it. Um, it's fairly fast paced. It's fairly simple controls. 
with the only exception being the opening tutorial levels. You have to go through these sections that are like a cave that take you from one section to another. Um, and they yeah. go completely dark. And it's like, uh, what? And it's just, it then changes the angle where you're walking and it just throws my brain a bit. Um, but that could just be me. But overall, it's a, a decent enough game that's. I, I, I've played better. I will almost certainly play a lot worse. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it runs fine on the Steam Deck as well. I've not had any, any issues on the Steam Deck. Well, I. Yeah, check out my notes. I kind of see what you mean about the graphics. Um, mm. They have some nice character to them, but they could be improved. Like, the graphics engine's really nice, but the designs could be a bit more unique, maybe. Um, but, yeah, it looks okay. It's like, would you recommend if, again, if it was, like, one to pick up when it was fairly cheap? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think this is, um, I would say, look, this is not a kid's game, but it'd be a great one to give to an eight, nine-year-old to play as a, look, it's something other than FIFA or Call of Duty. Or Fortnite. Look, here's, here's another genre of game for you. Where it's not overly difficult, but it's not insultingly easy either. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, bundle. Um, I just think at the time, again, talking about prices, you can get this for... It's currently on discount, but there, it's that is standalone price is 15 quid. It's only just missing, I think, it's sweet spot. If this was 10 to 12 quid, I would have gone, do you know what? It's worth a try. There's plenty of game in there, and I'm enjoying it. I, there's nothing I can really complain about with it, uh, aside from the overall, you know, the character designs. They they, they freak me out. They they make me uncomfortable. Oh, um, yeah. Everything else, you know, the uh, you know, the, there's collectibles in it. Um, I, you know, the the Crash Bandicoot homage in there to some parts is, is well done, but doesn't make you go, oh, these parts will just be Crash or or anything like that. It, it, if this had been one or the other, I would have gone get it. Go out and get it. It's a great platformer, or because they've developed the platform inside, or it's a great twin stick shooter because they've just developed the twin stick shoot uh, shoot inside. The fact it merges them both would make me just say, have a look. There is a demo. Try the demo and see how you get on. And if you like the demo, I think the uh, sale price is worth getting it at. All right, then. Yeah, sounds fair enough to me. That's what's next with you. Well, it's a continuation, and it's a continuation because I've been I've got about all hundred hours on it now, and still not quite finished because I can't put it down, and that's Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Um, so I've been playing it on the Steam Deck most of the time, switching back and forth between that and my gaming PC, it just because you know it looks great on the Steam Deck, but it, oh, it looks phenomenal on a PC, and yeah, it's just it's been so good. I. I was really, really surprised by it. And, you know, it's kind of obscured by these clouds of, you know, disappointment and hysteria and also, you know, the developer being a bit dodgy and all of this. <laughs> but when you actually get to sit and play it and play the, you know, 1.06 release with the major bugs fixed and uh, running as best as it probably ever will, it's just, it's really good. It's mm. really good. I mean, it's got the level of, kind of the abstraction that you want in a action RPG to make it kind of like yes it's it's dice rolls and yes it's sophisticated but it, it also fits well into an open world environment you know it does that it blends that really well 
but what it what it really excels in, and if you've got to like explain why it's so good to to people, it's the world. It's it's mm. it's so uniquely put together. It feels like a real place. It's so stuffed with detail, and it's so each area. It's like it's as unique as a, as a city would be, because you know landmarks and it's not like copy paste box buildings between some standout handcrafted ones oh no like it's like a real like the real world that there are buildings that do look the same but you expect that because they're built along certain principles in certain areas and then there yeah. are un- unusual and unique things like the Arasoka Tower and there's you know this this huge decrepit defunct shopping mall outside of outside of town and there's the badlands which has got like loads of wind farms and solar panels solar farms and it's just got all sorts and it's not just you don't feel like okay they built a texture they made this massive texture and then they started plonking down individual little bits to make it feel a bit different imagine like you know the outrun map (laughs) uh with like you know all these distinct landmarks but really it's just you know it's just a basic thing with these landmarks not at all almost the entire map feels handcrafted and when you do that it's much easier to make the individual missions that you go on really quite unique um and the variations that you can know it kind of splits it into and i promise i won't go on forever i'll limit myself to a couple more minutes and then i'll shut up (laughs) but it's it sort of divides them into categories that are not immediately apparent so it does things like obviously assassinations rescue missions uh data theft data hacking um stealing items stealing vehicles taking vehicles to a place um assassinations killing assassins um destroying groups you know destroying parts of groups going after high-ranking individuals i mean this is just the stuff off the top of my head and if you put all of those variants and there are loads more into an environment that where every everything is not everything is completely unique but there's so much uniqueness you're just hitting a different feeling all the time and it's got this brilliant day night cycle that's incredibly atmospheric and you you're doing things at different times of the day and it yeah it just it just feels like something i've never really encountered before i've certainly never encountered it in something this big so you'll get a linear game that has lots of unique things in them and you can approach things different ways uh splinter say splinter cell chaos theory comes to mind um and you'll get uh you know open world games like skyrim or elden ring that have that scale and scope and some amazing individual moments but you don't get them both mashed together where you have so much individuality and customized experience going on all the time uh and it's just amazing and i completed the main game and then immediately went back in to mop up stuff and i've just been doing that and mopping up stuff i hadn't done because i don't want to put it down yet yeah it's it's reminds me what i've played of it uh there's certain games that do this and it's something i want to see actually brought into any big open world game in terms of like major one where they've got the resources when you create a world that is as unique and visually striking as what you get in Cyberpunk, or even the New York recreation in uh, the Spider-Man games, uh, the you know the, the, the different levels in uh, the Yakuza games, I want to see a virtual tourist mode put into those games where yeah. you take out any combat, 
any like you, you know you can run but it's realistic speed running but you generally walk around or drive around at a speed limit um and just take in the sights and the uniqueness and the stuff you'd likely miss as you're playing the game um yeah you know i'd love to get that option just to spend time in these worlds um like yakuza almost gets you to do that with like the arcades that are there and, and things like that um but it's still not quite having that tourist mode. And Cyberpunk is one of those where I'm still not quite sure about the game itself because it, I've, I've not really started it fully yet. Um, but I want to spend time in that world. I just want to spend time in that world because it's something amazing. It feels very Blade Runner-esque, but, not, but it's, it's not trying to be Blade Runner at the same time. Um, and yeah, you just kind of you piqued my interest even more with that because it's kind of, yeah, I had my suspicions that there was a lot of love and attention put into crafting the world. Um, and what I like as well, it's condensed compared to the likes of The Witcher and Skyrim and things like that. It's a condensed open world. So, you, yeah. you know, it's not just emptiness for miles and miles and miles. It's actually got stuff everywhere, which is what I want, which is why Yakuza, so I think, is still the best open world game. Any of them is the best open world setting, sorry, uh, in the history of video games. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those. You you want to really experience it. And um, yeah, that handcrafted feel in a, in a comparatively small environment really comes through. Yeah, no, it's, I, I will get back to it one day, hopefully. It's one I do fancy. Give it another go. It does definitely need more accessibility options. Um you know, it's it's going to be way down their list of, of, you know, features to put into the game, but hopefully they will. Fingers crossed. Um, it is, yeah, it's, it would be nice, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So, moving on from cyberpunk, in-depth worlds of amazing neon signage and amazing graphics to... Another version of amazing graphics and one of the most visually impressive styles I think I, I've seen in recent years. And that's the uh, the HD 2D graphical stylings of Triangle Strategy. Uh, also yeah. seen in Octopath Traveller. Uh, mm. So regardless of anything, Octopath Traveller, Triangle Strategy are beautiful looking games. Uh, absolutely stunning. Uh, but... As we spoke about last week, I've been trying to get into strategy games and turn-based games of late because they're slower paced and just better for me in terms of being able to take my time and see what I'm doing. Generally, I've been crap at them, but I decided to go from Gears Tactics to Triangle Strategy, which is like explaining to someone what 2 plus 2 is and then giving them you know, the, the equation for quantum mechanics and going off you go, work that out, um, jumping between the two. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, it's really good. It is designed for people who are definitely used to playing strategy games, that much I will say. Um, it, it doesn't care much for onboarding um, or teaching you what the mechanics are. Um, like the first battle I went into, it, it was kind of just, um, yeah, you're in a battle now. I was like, what? I've just sat here for half hour listening to story. I'm now just in a battle. Why? What? And it's not like, oh, you, you know, you can move like this and do this. It's kind of like, it's the enemies, you've got to beat them. 
Okay. Help. Please. Um, but I did, obviously I have learnt some bits through playing sort of like Gears and Advance Wars and uh, uh, Into the Breach and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's good. It's really, really good. It's more difficult than those um, 100% for sure. Um, you've really got to consider your positioning on the board properly, um, how your attacks can affect enemy attacks and what it could do in terms of your spacing with them and how you could like double up on attacks or how you could be doubled up on and really build up to get like amazing things going or be totally decimated yourself. And those battles are amazing. Um, and part of me wishes the game was just those battles uh, because there's a lot of talking in these games, a lot of story, um, which yeah. is obviously, I think, why a lot of people are into these, because they are story games. And this one feels very... I'm probably going to be shouted at from all corners here, but it's what I kind of imagine, like, it's a bit like um, House of Dragons thinking, whatever that is. What's that? That's the, uh, the Lord of the Rings. The Game of Thrones one? Yeah, it's a bit Game of Thronesy. There's houses and everything. Um, and it's kind of like, is, is, is this meant to be a bit Game of Thrones? I don't know. Uh, but there's like these three different powers. Uh, you always get this rock, paper, scissors type effect going on. Um, you kind of got to come together to protect from the other one. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And the story's kind of in there, but not. Um, there's like, a, like what, there's a character called, like he's like the arse. Duchy of Arsefrost, so that that stood out to me. Um, <laughs> couldn't tell you what what they do in any way, shape, or form, but it's the Archduchy of Arsefrost. So yeah, uh, oh, they need to have them all in that theme. Maybe like, you know, they need like a chill bomb and a cool cheeks, and the you yeah. know, yeah, the, their food. hero, their house champion, could be like Gluteus Maximus. Yes, uh, and he's made a big boob memory. Yeah. Uh, but yeah you kind of do things and it's like you know it's, it's like talk 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 move a bit talk 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 it's, it's like trying to do a podcast with me <laughs> essentially there's lots of talking and then eventually you get to do something um, yeah no I'm out I don't like that <laughs> um, but it's kind of like it's got pol- it's got a politics system in there you know um, like literal politics not in a keep politics out of my games kind of way um, so you've got like this voting system in there and that dis- defies how the game progresses or what sort of person you are and your faction is and, and so on um, and the further you go I think the more frequent battles become um, but yeah the battles are really really interesting and you can do and this is what I like and remember I spoke about I wanted Gears to do something like this in this you can kind of go to a tavern as well oh is it a tavern yeah i think it's a tavern Uh, basically play a battle and the idea is that that you're doing it as a way to test yourself um they're called like mock battles or something like that but you get to go and do those to your heart's content which is really good and you get to test different strategies and i've kind of been spending a lot of my time just pissing around in those because then i could just have fun with that and it's yeah it's, just, nice. it's really really good it looks beautiful um 
And I did get a code for this, and I'm glad I got a code for this because I can't see myself spending 50 quid on this game. Um, not because there's anything wrong with it. Um, let me just get that out. I think it's an amazing game, and for people who have been playing these for years, it's perfect. I, I think I, I, I think they, they those sorts of people love this game. It's obviously why it's managed to get a, uh, a PC port recently, because obviously it's got a lot of good positive vibes. But I would have, if I'd have spent fifty quid on this, I'd probably be less inclined to actually want to stick with it than getting a code for it. Because I would have just gone, I can't believe I spent 50 quid on this. And all I'm doing is listening to people talk and occasionally getting to do stuff. I'm not very good at the game. Why did I waste my money? I know this because a few years ago, I'd done the exact same thing with Octopath Traveller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing is with these, they, they do... I don't know. I loved Bravely Default. And this is by, by the same guys. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, although I did skip a lot of the dialogue. Mm. Um, the thing is, right, so, you know, unbeknownst to many, I have an English literature degree. So <laughs> it's bizarre because I've been in IT all my life, really, since leaving uni. But I have my degrees, actually. And literally to your talk, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> but, yeah, no, uh, you know, I, I I kind of know how things should be constructed. And the, the problem with these games is they don't understand how to create a good script. Like... They think, okay, well, we got a good plot. They got a plot that will sustain us, you know, and it it's really got some clever moments in it and some good characterization and and all this. But a story has to has to have a beat, has to has a uh, a proper you know flow. It has to have a proper structure. It has to end in a nice way. And the, I've, I mentioned this years ago on the podcast that there's a real problem with. TV as well. Um, mm. Not all TV by any stretch, but some that's trying to be like quote unquote prestige TV. And it takes a good idea and then it spreads it over not just like one long season, but like six seasons. And it's just like, no, you can't sustain it. Like they have a pace, they have a rhythm. And the problem I find with a lot of these RPGs is yeah, there's just too much, too much talking. There's just too much talking. It just doesn't support the game, and like you think back to, you know, stuff like the Fantasy Star games. They had the right amount of plot. You know, it just you need an introduction, you need something that drives you forward, and you need to have plenty of action. And if you overwrite it and have too much backstory that's unskippable, it just becomes boring. Yeah, and I think that's the point. And what what scares me about these games, um, and this this goes for the Final Fantasies as well, and all that is how important is the story can i just go press fast forward and, and push through and just get to the the exciting stuff now weirdly i i, I originally felt more comfortable doing that with gears um, i don't know if that's because it's like I, i'm going oh you know triangle strategy is a highbrow game gears it's just gears you know, <laughs> no one cares about the gears. Uh, but yep. I found myself more intrigued by the story of gears the more it's the more I've played it. Um, yep. And yeah, I, 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 if someone would just tell me the story's gubbins and you can just skip through, then great, that's me done. Because I, especially with the ADHD, if you're giving me thirty minutes between actually playing the game, different parts of the game, that's me gone. You've lost me. Yeah. 
I'm not taking in the story anyway. And even though I'm not taking the story, I'm still scared about missing anything in case it's important. Why should I care about saving this person or or why do I want this person in? Um and it does it does worry me. Whereas again, Gears I think does does it really well. This but XCOM possibly does it as well. Apart from your four main characters in the game, everyone else is disposable. Uh now right. not to brag, I haven't lost anyone yet. So, you know, I had played on easy. <laughs> I played on really easy. But you know, I've not lost anyone on Gears yet. So, you know, but they feel disposable, which is good because you go, right, as long as these survive, that don't matter. Um, whereas with this, I don't know. Are people disposable with it? Do they need to all survive? Is it important? And that then gets, like, I'm, I'm doing that and I'm worried about that rather than actually the strategies and going, right, I don't want to bugger this up. So I'm not trying things. And they feel like they don't want you to experiment, but do want you to experiment at the same time. And it's like, that's me. That's not the game because they're, they're made for a certain job, like a certain type of gamer. They're made for a certain type of person. That's clearly not me. But part of me goes, can they make a light version? It's like Final Fantasy Fifteen. They made a light version of Final Fantasy Fifteen for, was it Maxima? No, mobile, whatever it was. They made like really like that took out yeah. a bunch of stuff and yeah. took you more like the beat to beat really quick and used like chibi characters, which I thought was a really cool idea. Uh, now again, yeah. the hardcore fans didn't like it, but I get that. But then I'm going, could you just do a something that takes me beat to beat that has any of the important votes? Sure, keep in there, but just have a quick overview, like oh, you know, uh, previously on between battles. Give me something like that as an option in the game or as a separate game. You've got me. That's me in because I can take that. Tons and tons of reading is a struggle. Even Disco Elysium, even though it speaks to me, doesn't make me read, is a struggle. Because there's times where there's like almost like an hour, hour and a half between major beats in that game. Yeah. And that can start to lose me. This is... Yeah, it's very difficult for me to play, but it's brilliant. That That's the thing I want to get out of this. It is brilliant. And whilst I'm not probably going to finish it this year, possibly won't even get through it all next year, it's one I'm going to go back to once I've finished Gears and possibly something else and possibly something else. Uh, I say because at the moment, what like Gears has found that sweet spot of about half an hour a day to do one mission, maybe two if, if I feel like it, and then play whatever else I've got to play. It's definitely got that sweet spot because the cutscenes are short. Everything's short that lets you get to play. So again, it's got yeah. that. A triangle strategy doesn't have that. It you know, whereas Gears is spot the dog, this is War and Peace. <laughs> I like spot the dog. Um, I do. Yeah. The, the thing is, that's it. Uh, there should be no separation, really, between like highbrow art and lowbrow art in games. You know, they, well, what I mean is there should there should be a separation, but there shouldn't be any kind of class distinction. They should just be they should just be enjoyable. You know, people shouldn't be criticised for liking one and not the other. Um, but they should all be respectful of people's time. Mm. And bloated games aren't. And it's just like. You see, triangle strategy, most people, it's going to be like 25 to 45-year-olds. And, you know, they don't have any time. You've got to be respectful. If they want to play a game like that, it's a bit cerebral and a bit, you know, it's going to take up a lot of uh, mental energy in the evening. 
it can't be like an 80 hour epic or it shouldn't be you know yeah. it's fine that one of those exists so a couple of them come out a year but everything no no more respectful you know shorter shorter iteration cycles and anyone younger than that is going to be playing like Fortnite or Amongst Us or whatever they're called you know they're just going to be not playing it so no, no I, what I will say uh, to the credit of this as well I, I don't often do this with gays but I did check this out on um, How Long to Beat um because that often puts me off games when I see how long to be, and I don't want to play a game based on its like time it takes to play or anything like that. Um, but I did check this because I was thinking if I'm in for like a hundred and fifty hour epic, I'm not sure how much I want to play now or whether I can spend. It's thirty four hours apparently for the main story, um, and fifty ish hours for the side quests as well. So. It's not bad in terms of length. That that feels doable to me. I mean, we, again, with Gears, I'm already 14 hours into that and I'm still on Chapter 2. Um, so I don't know yeah. how many chapters are in Gears um, Tactics for a start. Um, but, yeah, so it's one of those that goes, like, this is why I've not dismissed it and just gone, do you know what? Just I'm glad I've tried it, but get in the bin. I am going to go back to it. I just don't feel I'm ready yet because I'm still experimenting on understanding these games properly, that I'm not going to get much out of this game, that that it wants me to get out of it. But everything about it has made me go, yeah, this is a damn fine game. This is clearly one of the top in its genre. Um, and again, it's just what does keep me there is just the visual style as well, because it is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, they've they've really nailed a, a new aesthetic in that one. It, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, really like it. Uh, but yeah, that's it for me this week. Uh, that, apart from a bit of um, Gears Five as well, uh, I played a bit of an action game while I could. Um, that looks really. That, that's really cool. Uh, better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, and a game I came onto my actually just to point out, it's not one I've played. It's not one I've even applied for or anything like that. And it's one that's come out of total left field for me. Is Warhammer 40,000. What sort of game do you think it is? When I say Warhammer 40,000. Well, I know they, they do a lot. They they do some FPS, but they often do strategy games and, and stuff. Okay. But is it, is it not one of those? No, no, no. We've got a side-scrolling adventure game. Oh, really? Like... Reminds me a bit of. I, I'm trying to think, sort of like, um, do you know we had that thing where we had sort of like the uh, mercenaries type things, like and you could change, you run along, run and gun as you go right, left to right, and stuff. It's kind of one of those with a cartoony style, but it's also PvP as well. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's it's just wow. like it's a single player adventure. It's online P- PvP. Um, it's just just not what I expected. It popped up on emails a couple of times. I was like, ah, oh, Warhammer. I don't really do Warhammer. Um, and it's only that I sort of like, oh, I've been doing some tactics. What's it? What's what's? I wonder what this latest Warhammer is. I looked at it and went, well, that's not tactics. What on earth is this? It's just really not what I'd expect. It's like cartoony a lot. So what's it? What's its subtitle? Sorry, it's Warhammer Forty Thousand. Shooters, Blood and Teeth. <laughs> Good name. But Shooters is spelled 
like a cockney. It's S H O T A S shooters. Blood <laughs> and teeth is spelled T W E F. Nice. I don't like it. it it's, and it's probably it's getting good positive vibes. So nice. I'm adding that to my wish list, and I will probably pick that up at some point in a in a sale because it just looks insane. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I think I'm have to get that myself. Looks pretty good. Sounds pretty good. But yeah, moving on from video games, just what I, do, I, I was going to say, I'll touch on this next week. I want to touch on this very briefly now. Um, oh boy, the transgender issues at the moment are a mess. Um, it's essentially it's. I'm going to call them out. J.K. Rowling is not even pretending anymore. She has decided she's gone off the deep end completely. Uh, more so than Glitter has. She's been going off about, again, like bathrooms and um, the dangers of transgender women. And Notice she only goes off about transgender women, by the way. Mainly, very rarely transgender men. But anyway, she's been kicking off. Um, and then, I don't even know what led to it, but there's an interview with Graham Norton and they're asking him what he thinks about the issues and stuff like that. And Graham Norton turned around and went, look, you don't need to ask me. It's nothing to do with me. I can, I can give you my opinion, but I'm just a celebrity. Um, you don't need my opinion on this. But what you need to do is go and ask transgender people, people who know this, who live this, who are affected by this. Go and speak to them, the experts, and get their opinions on this. You don't need me. Basically, it's just when any celebrities that are putting their all in, essentially, shouldn't be and need to just leave it alone. Um, got retweeted by a few people. I think Billy Bragg. Um, retweeted it and went exactly this this is a really sensible response to trans issues when you're not involved in it um, to which JK Rowling then responded and said Billy Bragg Graham Norton are essentially giving the okay for rape and death threats and stuff like that fuck knows how that's that's happening but um, she done that and they basically her army of vile abuse laden knobheads basically went after Graham Norton to the point where he's had to quit Twitter and cancel himself on social media because he can't handle the abuse that's being laid at him just because he said, let's talk to people who actually know what it's like to be trans or or what who are actually you know deep in the trenches who are suffering the abuse. Uh, he basically asked for common sense and calm and has been hounded off of social media because of it. Uh, and when asked how does she live with herself with stuff like this, by the way, how does she sleep at night? <sighs> On a big, when, I'd say, when I look at my royalty checks, I sleep soundly at night. And therein is the issue we have with JK Rowling. And it's just so disappointing to me. Yeah, it, it's terrible. And it, it, it's it's real mental. It's, it's, a, it's a mental health issue. Definitely, uh, you know, we can't pathologize it. I don't know what is wrong with people who slip into this, but it's definitely a, a, a type of mental illness that should be looked at. Um, and you know, obviously, because of that, feel a little sorry that people slip down this slope. But the thing is, there's still a decision being made in there. You know, a decision to to be problematic and to set your Twitter swarm on people is abysmal. And I, you know, this, the last couple of weeks has been. You know Kanye West going increasingly 
increasingly bananas and yeah. being increasingly right-wing and anti-Semitic. You know, the man who has put up with racism his entire life is now kicking down a, a different subsection of people. How you can... How? You know? Oh, unbelievable. And the worst thing is, is like you mentioned, it is that swarm thing of... You can get you can get people to barricade uh, to to bombard another person, another celebrity with your followers. You know, I think Ricky Gervais certainly used to be guilty of it. I don't know if he still is, but just tacitly asking them to cancel another person by bombarding their social media and ruining their lives, and it's just absolutely disgusting. And she's fallen farther and farther into this trap over the over the years, just doubling down. It's really bad. It's terrible behaviour, and uh, you can't believe that people can get away with it. But there you go. So that's Twitter no. for you. And they do time and time and time again. They get away with it. Yeah. Because they're untouchable. That that's the sad truth of it. They are untouchable because you can't go after J.K. Rowling. Like I will continue to use her as a look. You can't go after her legally. Um, one no, because no. she is clever. I'm not going to deny that she's very bright and. Even though she won't directly say to her followers, go and attack the trans activists, she knows how to word things and she knows how they will react. Uh, There's that side. She knows what she's doing there for a start. Um, And then on the other side, even if you did catch her out and you was able to go after her legally, you can't afford it. Because she could just throw, what, billions of pounds worth of lawyering at you to the point where you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just like, what are you meant to do? Um, you can't fight back. You can't defend yourself. You can't defend others through fear that you're going to end up in some kind of litigation or your life's going to be made a living hell. Yeah. Um, and it's just so, so sad to see, uh, which is why um, I'm still so appreciative. And I think it's still amazing to see the likes of Steph Sterling um, continuing to be themselves on videos and online. Yeah. Unashamedly so. Um, it, it, it's brilliant. Um, because if I was in Steph Sterling's shoes, I think I would have gone back into my shell by now. Either come off off YouTube or whatever, or, or probably detransitioned um, just for the easy life. Yeah. Um, but I know for a lot of trans people, detransitioning isn't isn't the answer. The answer, unfortunately, is a lot darker than that. Um, yeah. And regardless of what your thoughts are on the trans issue, and I hate saying the trans issue because it's not an issue, but obviously it's what it's being labelled as. Whatever your thoughts are, whether you think it's right or wrong, whether you think trans people should be allowed in sport, whether you think the bathroom should be open to everyone, whatever, 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 you should not be forcing someone, another human being, to want to take their own life. And that's essentially what these people are doing. Yeah. They're actively celebrating people being suicidal. Um, yeah. And that's wrong. That's just so, so wrong. It is so horrid that that's what they're doing. And they celebrate. They won't actively have a party, or etc. but they are celebrating the fact that that's happening. And I despair. In a time when the world is falling to pieces politically, you know, people could barely afford to eat um, and stuff like that, we get these horrible, horrible, horrible excuses for human beings. 
be like that. But yeah, no, I, I know that was a, like a, a, a massive switch in tone for talking about games to, again, talk going sort of like, just like what's happening in equal rights. It's just, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, back to some more positive news. Just before we go, I just want to get this out before I forget. Um, we are changing a tad here at uh, MHG. On a personal level, I'm struggling with my health and everything. I, uh, both my mental health, my physical health, a lot. I'm struggling to be able to keep the site running as a full website. Um, trying to get written reviews done, written articles, etc., etc., etc. And they've pretty much tried to be the like the cornerstone of what it's built on. I can't do that. Um, all I can really do, and this is mainly thanks to Shoe, is because he does all the editing on the podcast, is get the podcast done. So, over the next couple of weeks, you will see the site is going to change some pretty much focusing on the podcast and any articles, reviews, whatever that are written by any of our volunteers or even myself um, will be there, but they'll just be as added extras. They're not going to be the main focus of the site. We are becoming purely now just a podcast. Um, it's where I think for Stu as well, um, he can tell me I'm completely Rob. I think that's where his passion is with all this as well, is the yeah. podcast inside of it. For me, it's been, you know, it's... It's been the bit that I've been enjoying the most. Um, and it's a good time because we are three years old. I didn't realise. I can't believe I mentioned it last week or not. Uh, but just discovered we are three years old. Yeah. Um, That's my mental age, funnily enough. Yeah. I know. I've not even reached that yet. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, as I said before, I set mental health gaming up to essentially stop myself from killing myself. Uh, um, which is yeah, I, I'm going to laugh at that because it's it's ridiculous, uh, but it's worked. It's you know, it, it gave me another purpose. You know, my family and everything mean the world to me and, and everything. Uh, but it gave me something else to focus on, and it's done its job. It's got me back to a better place. Um, and what I do still want to do is I want it there for everyone else. And we've we've got the Discord, and we still talk about stuff. Um, but as some of you may have noticed, a few weeks ago, we started talking more about how we just want to bring you a bit of joy in your week, uh, for the best part. So we'll talk about the games on the most part and uh, try and have a fun podcast. Um, we will still talk, as we did today, the transgender issues. We'll talk politics when it's, when it's important, uh, uh, mental health issues, when we feel it's important. But a big part of helping you with mental health, I think, is an escape. Um, and hopefully... We do give you an escape. We do bring you a bit of joy. And we don't drive you further down that dark path. I know listening to me for an hour can have that effect. But I hope it doesn't. But yeah, no, that that's all I want to get at. So when you see the site, it's going to change. It's mainly we're pretty much, I would say, 90% podcast moving forward. And I'm going to update the site design when I get a chance, etc, etc, etc. So listen. If you want to get in contact, use Bradley at mentalhealthgaming.com. Ask any questions and we'll or any comments we'll put on the website on the on the website. On the, we'll mention them on the podcast um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, thank you. It's been three wonderful years. Um, this sounds like I'm about yeah. to retire. It's not. Hopefully, three more wonderful years coming up. Uh, but yeah, yeah, change is coming. I like change. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do. Pack. I'm not just saying that. I don't, you know, not change for change's sake, but I, I like it when things keep fresh, and I think it's a good direction. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about it and keep pumping out the good content. Mm. 
Now, because we are focusing only on podcasting, or mainly on podcasting, you never know. I might even do some other bits with the podcast down the line as well. Add some extra shows that I could do, uh, just shorter ones. Again, maybe talk do specials about certain games uh, that we feel deserve longer discussion. You know, it gives us more that we could do as well, because usually it's like, oh, I'll write something about this and I'll never get round to it. Um, so, again, we might expand that down the line, but first and foremost, we will continue to have weekly podcasts every week. I don't think we've missed a week yet. Nope, we haven't. No, didn't think we had. The podcast is younger than the uh, website, by the way. Hence the reason there's not 156 podcasts. Just in case anyone wanted to bring that up. The website started first and then the podcast came about. Um, but yeah, uh, three years old. We're going to be going for a while, a bit longer. We've never missed a week on the podcast. We hope that continues. Uh, and do you know what, Stu? What? I'm going to shut up now. There we go. As usual, everybody... Follow us on all the socials, engage with all of our media, as as Brad says, you know, we're changing the website, but there's still loads of content on there. Also join our Discord and chat about any subject you like, including mental health. But in the meantime, have a good week, stay safe and stay sane.